name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give, Give us, us this day our daily bread, and, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you live from uh, KKXX Chugalife Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is good to be with you another Monday night reflecting into this very rich topic of witness. This is the 10th week since we have started up this new this new programming where we go um, every night looking at a, a different theme. And Monday night is unique because uh, I have a different guest with me each night. And tonight we have the opportunity to talk about just not witness, but what it means to witness in the quiet. And I'm going to do this with uh, uh, Peter from St. John the Baptist Catholic Church. Peter, just good to have you uh, with me tonight. Thank you very much. Good to be here. So, Peter... We were talking before this uh, program, before we went on air, and uh, you have a story to share that I think is going to get us going on, on what it means to witness in the silent, in the quiet, in, in a way that doesn't have all the bells and whistles, yet yet it's, it's invitational. That's right, yes. The best way to describe what I'm about to tell you is the difference between being put in the spotlight versus working nine to five. And... With my particular journey, I gave my life to Christ when I was 16, and then after that, I've tried to make choices to really dedicate my life to Christ and to grow deeper in my relationship with Him and to give back to the church. So recently, I joined a religious community and was a seminarian and a religious brother, officially for three years. And as a part of that, besides studying and going to seminary, I also, um, I also was wearing a religious habit, and that means I was wearing an outward sign of inward promises that I had taken of, of poverty, chastity, and obedience. So I was wearing this outward sign that was very obvious to anybody who passed by. Just like clerics, uh, the religious habit is very striking, and people would would stop and stare and ask me questions, why are you wearing that, what does that mean, who are you? And it would give me an immediate opportunity to witness. But now I've discerned out of seminary for the time being, I'm taking a break, and I'm still open to what God wants to do in my life. And I work at a job, basically nine to five, and I've realized, wow, not having that is is different. Mm-hmm. And... and uh, uh, being a Christian witness is a lot different. I would go so far as to say it's even more difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Certainly on a level, that is for sure. When we were initially talking about uh, this topic, I was, I was made to reflect on, Peter, this idea of, um, of drawing back. Mm-hmm. Um, you used the word spotlight. Uh, this this St. John the Baptist, less is more. That's and right. in the end... Uh, no matter what you're wearing and what you're doing, it always has to be about Christ. That's right. And there is a certain level of uh, you know, distinction between the, these two modes of witness, whether you're religious or, or a non-religious. 
in, in specific terms, wearing a habit or not wearing a habit. And yeah, I mean, there's something to say about not wearing a habit because you're no longer the town clock. Yeah. <laughs> no one is, is looking at you and they're pointing the finger. Why is he wearing that? No, you're just an average guy now. Mm-hmm. And, and within that moment, you've been challenged anew. That's right. You know, the challenge is the good thing. I mean, that's, th- right. that's, that's really the beautiful thing in it, in that the word challenge, you know, provocatio, to call forth, to call out, we have to embrace that mm-hmm. because God is calling you out mm-hmm. to, in whatever walk of life uh, you take up, to be the best version of who God is calling you to be. And as I opened up with that word, you know, silent witness, and this is what we're about, there is something to be said about once you're not wearing that on the outside, there's this uh, new interior discipline. Certainly priests have this interior discipline, mm-hmm. and, and they have the grace for their journey and their vocation, but yet your experience speaks to something very specific, and that is, quite simply, this universal call to holiness. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you're wearing, you need to espouse towards holiness, towards dying to self. John Paul II liked to use the word uh, and or phrase concreteness or concreteness and particularity. <laughs> there is a, a concreteness and a par- and particularity to all of the minutia of our everyday life and how God calls us to offer to Him so that we might be uh, more for Him, giving glory to Him yes. in all that we do. Yes. I think that it's very interesting when you meet priests or you meet religious brothers or religious sisters uh, or bishops or look at the Pope. Anybody who has a leadership position in the church, there's an expectation that goes along with that. They are consecrated to the Lord. They are representing Christ in Christ's church. Therefore, we expect them to act a certain way and to live a certain way. And I think it's interesting that the same thing isn't happening with, um, with the lay people, with ordinary people who go to church, who worship, who have devoted their lives to Christ. There isn't always that same expectation. And I think um, we need to call one another on to holiness, mm-hmm. to say, you know, I'm not the Pope, and I'm still called to holiness. Yeah. I'm still yeah. called to live my life for Christ and use my gifts and my talents for Him, for Him alone, and for His church. Yeah, and, and what does holiness mean? You know, the, the, the Hebrew uh, word for, for, for holiness is um, kedushin or tradesh, either one. It's, it's to mean set apart. Yes. And so what are we talking about? We're talking about being set apart for what? For God, for a holy mission. Mm-hmm. You know, even, you know, Paul says in, in his, his epistles, we need to be sanctified in Christ. You know, the, the Greek for sanctified, hagiazo, set apart for Christ. In the Old Testament, it was vestments, it was, it was candles, it was alt- altars that were sanctified for God. In the New Testament, not things, but persons are yes. set apart for God. And if we're baptized... We've been set apart for God. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is the beauty of our baptismal vocation that many of us have just been reminded this Easter season, right? Mm, yes. so we, we are still in Easter season. Yes. I know a lot of us and a lot of the, the commercial outfits have uh, put away all their Easter bunnies and candy and all the rest, <laughs> but it's still Easter season. And we are to remember, as Colossians 3 verses 1 to 10 reminds us, we have been raised in Jesus Christ anew. 
if you can give me Colossians 3.10. Uh, yeah, sure. Colossians 3.10, that'd be great. Okay, St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And these you once walked when you lived in them, but now put, put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and foul talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his practices and have put on the new man who is being renewed in knowledge after the image of his creator. Amen. That's one of my favorite series of verses, and I think, Peter, that really sums up what we're trying to get after. We have become a new creation in Christ. Yes. I love Paul there. He, he's having a lot of fun with the Greek, you know, put on the cloth of Christ. Mm. You know, it's, it's the allusion to, to getting dressed every day. Certainly there's the baptismal garment of purity he's talking about, but he's also talking about the, the garment of virtue, that you clothe yourself every time you put on Christ. That's right. And uh, no matter, again, what walk of life, we need to embrace this, That's embrace right. this call, because otherwise we, we fall prey to the culture of death. Yes. You know, and that's, as Peter reminds us, that's prowling like a roaring lion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that, you know, right now I have, I work two jobs, yeah. and they're, they're pretty ordinary jobs. Um, one of them is at an elementary school tutoring young people, and the other one is just an ordinary job. And I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and I thought, and I, I was speaking to this person saying, you know, I don't think these people know my background. Yeah. They don't know where I come from. They don't know my history. But if they don't know that something is different about me, if they don't see me and recognize this guy is a cut above the rest, mm -hmm. he treats me with dignity, he listens to me, he communicates well with me, and wow, something is different about him. I can't yeah. put my finger on it, but he's different. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, in my mind, how I see what St. Paul is saying. Putting on Christ, it changes you. Yeah. When you call upon the Holy Spirit to lead you in your life, he's going to lead you in your life and in your relationships in your life. And there should be a difference. Yeah. Yeah, that prayer that forms and informs every moment. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of a, a theologian who talks about um, the, the virtue of integrity. That's the word I hear, integrity. Yes. Just someone who you know belongs to God. He's truthful. Mm -hmm. He's going to, to listen. He's a man who's led by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And yeah, people are going to see that for what it is, mm -hmm. especially today, Peter, because because of the culture we live in. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if we are living in Christ, we will be set apart. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if we are rooted in truth, we will be set apart. And yet, we, we do need to go deeper. And one of the words that I was thinking a lot about over these last 
48 hours, I suppose, is the word silent and, and silence. Okay. You know, when you talk about silent witness, what does that mean? You use mm-hmm. the word. This is, this is a guy who listens. Yeah, we need, we need to be men and women, mm-hmm. right, for all of our listening audience out there, uh, who listen. Yes. And when you talk about integrity, I always bring that word into play, listen. Mm. Another virtue. A, a virtue because when we talk about um, silence, we're not talking about the absence of noise. We're talking about the ability to listen. And mm-hmm. even if we've been given insight into a situation, if it's not the right timing, at least to, to interject and to share what's been put on your heart, then to still remain silent. Yes. And to call upon the Holy Spirit for that right timing. Yes. I mean, I think you and I have both been in a lot of situations, as well as all of our listeners, have been in situations where we've said something that we probably shouldn't have said, even if it was the right thing to say. Mm-hmm, but the wrong timing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot of people say, well, I don't know if I understand that. It's always about timing. Our Lord is the God of history. That's right. And while we live in chronological time, what's God's time? What's grace time? Kairos. Mm-hmm. We need to be tapping into God's grace so that He forms and informs uh, us on how we are to engage in each and every situation, mm-hmm. in each and every relationship and friendship, mm-hmm. so that we might be better stewards of that great virtue of silence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, the, the word obedience, you know, obadire, to listen. Mm. You know, the, the obedience of faith that Paul um, speaks to quite a bit in his epistles. We need to be able to listen to God and also to our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's right. Yeah, I had a, an experience I'd like to share with you about that. And I think kind of what you're speaking on right now is discernment in the Spirit, yeah. really yeah. listening to God's Word, really listening to His voice, not just in prayer, but throughout your day. And I can think of two examples. One example would be just very recently, there was the lunar eclipse at night. Mm-hmm. Very cool to watch. I stayed up really late with some of my, my buddies. And we watched the, um, the lunar eclipse, and it was called the blood moon. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. neat. Yeah. And the next day, I go into my workplace at the elementary school, and I was asking my coworkers if they had seen the same thing. And um, one girl who I really just see as a beautiful young woman who has loads of potential. Um, she's great with the kids. She has respect from just about everybody that I can see. And I was asking my coworkers if they had seen this lunar eclipse, and my coworker said, no, um, I didn't stay up for it, but my boyfriend woke me up, and in the middle of the night, we went out to go see the lunar eclipse. I was kind of tired, so I didn't really remember what I was seeing, or I couldn't really see it that well, and then we went back to bed. And immediately I thought, "Uh uh-oh. Mm-hmm. I need to witness to this girl. Mm-hmm. And I and my I guess my my reaction was say something, you know, tell her about Christ, talk to her about the beauty of marriage and the beauty of saving sex from marriage. But something stopped me. The Holy Spirit I think stopped me. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the Holy Spirit telling me you need to be a silent witness. Mm-hmm. She's not ready to hear that yet. Wait. Mm-hmm. And I would like to contrast that with another experience I just had, just very recently, mm-hmm. in Chico. Um, I'm walking down the street right after Mass, 
And this guy says, hey, God bless you. And I think, hey, thanks, man. So I said, thank you. And he says, can I talk to you? Yeah, sure. So I go over and I talk to him, and he says, what do you think about spiritual warfare? What? <laughs> and he says, do you know that the devil is after your soul? Mm. Do you know that there is demons out there wanting to attack you at every second? Mm. Do you know that the world is out there to get you? And what you need is Christ. And I thought to myself, I think this guy has good intentions. Mm -hmm. This is not the right way to witness to Christ. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, if I'm the same girl who I was speaking about in my first story, yeah. is she going to want to hear that? Yeah. That message of fear. Sure. That message of uh, beware, watch out, don't, don't fall into the devil's trap. Or does she need to hear God's love? Mm-hmm. Does she need to hear the message of God's peace and patience and kindness and goodness all in God's timing? Mm -hmm. I would say that she needs the latter. Yeah. And you know, Peter, this is really what lies at the heart of Pope Francis. Before they're going to hear about all of these difficult teachings that the church stands by because she must as she bears witness to truth, mm -hmm. right? The church first bears witness to the great truth that is love. Yes. And so when we offer up that message first, and, and love has many shapes, many forms, many expressions, but it always, anywhere and everywhere, starts with Christ, then they'll be more disposed. You know, really, it can be brought down to, in these situations that we're talking about, are we going to react or are we going to respond? When we are led by the Holy Spirit, we are going to respond, ultimately. And what is the natural outgrowth of that? Not an imposition, but a proposition. That first proposition is always about dying to self first and asking the Holy Spirit, do you want me to go here? That's right. Do you want me to enter in this conversation? Because there have been times, I've been in situations and conversations where there's been enough relationship or friendship there that mm -hmm. you want to know, yeah, this person can trust me. I can have this conversation. And that's always quintessential to any discussion as it relates to sharing the good news. I mean, what's the relationship look like? Because otherwise, if there's no trust in relationship, then, you know, it's like the guy coming to you. Is it really, you're going to go there with me now, you know? Um, yeah. See, I, I, I may have reacted to that one. <laughs> but kind of circling back to some of our first points here, Peter, is... When we are rooted in a relationship with Jesus Christ, and we are seeking holiness, if we are thirsting for holiness, then we're going to see each and every moment as God wants us to see it, pregnant with eternal significance. And if it means dying to self, if it means saying no so as to say yes later, then that's what it means, but that's okay, and we have to be okay with that. Mm. I don't know if we all, always get that. You know, we were talking a little bit before, we live in a, in a culture that is constantly bombarding us with, with all of this information, yes. with all of this noise, with all of this stuff. Yeah. And, and we do not allow ourselves to hear the Lord speaking in each and every moment. Uh, as John Paul II would like to say, soon to be Saint John Paul II, like to say in the concreteness and particularity of each and every moment, do we hear our Lord speaking to us? Yeah, I would like to say that... Um with all the media out there, with, with cell phones, what cell phones have the capability of, 
uh, with Twitter, with Facebook, with YouTube. There's just this constant opportunity for us to, to be distracted. And I think what really what the world needs, a great solution to all the world's problems, comes down to human relationships. It's amazing. When you take the time to actually get to know somebody, to actually get to know their history, and to pray with that information, with that knowledge, Lord, how can I best bring Christ, bring you to this person? How can I best witness to this person? Yeah. And through that relationship, and through a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead you, will guide you to know what's best for that certain situation. Yeah, Pope Francis spoke to this beautifully in his document, Joy of the Gospel. He, he calls this personal accompaniment. Mm. And in his paragraph somewhere in the 50s, 53, 54, and somewhere thereabouts, if you have your Joy of the Gospel out there, <laughs> he talks beautifully about taking the person by the hand and just journeying with them. Yes. With this deep pastoral sense, this need to be present to the Spirit and allowing God to enter into that dialogue so that God's love, God's presence may be revealed in those moments. But again, I mean, if we're trying to devour the conversation or if we're trying to get in what, what we, we want to say and yeah. it doesn't work. Try and take charge and yeah. with our pre-rehearsed message that we think they need to hear right here and right now. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's what God wants to tell that person and what God wants to tell me right here and right now. That's more important. I like to think of it in the context of an analogy. Uh, You know, in the sporting world, Peter, we like to, uh, before key matchups, we like to simulate uh, the opposing player. Mm. So, for example, you know, Peyton Manning, okay, Broncos played the Seahawks in this past Super Bowl. So, what did the Seahawks do? They attempted to simulate the greatest quarterback arguably to ever play the game, right? Okay, how do you do that? Or if you're the Denver Broncos, you try to simulate this very athletic quarterback, a quarterback the Denver Broncos don't have. Uh But you do your best to simulate it. Now, will it prepare you for the game? Maybe. But if you're so fixed on that simulation, then uh, it will fail and you will lose. Mm. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be prepared for the conversations we have, but we always must be led by the Holy Spirit in the particular moment that He invites you into that conversation. Because, say, if a Mormon comes to our door, if a Jehovah's Witness comes to our door, we can be studying up on the apologetics of those faiths, but in the end, if you don't engage them in who they are, mm-hmm. and as you spoke to it, Peter, they have a history. Mm-hmm. They, they have a whole set of relationships that no one apologetic magazine or book talked about. You know, yeah. you have to be able to engage them. You have to allow them to call you friend. Mm. And when you do that, ah, then you've arrived. And then the Holy Spirit will do wonders. You know? yeah. <laughs> and and God, God will lead that person to the fullness of truth. And it's amazing, as we're talking about this, how when you enter in these conversations— how the, the Lord and Holy Spirit works on you. Yes. You know, yes. it's striking. You know what's fascinating about what you just said, about the importance of developing a friendship and then building off of that friendship foundation to evangelizing. But at the end of that conversation with that man who just shouted, God bless you to me, and I stopped and talked to him, 
and he told me about the devil and spiritual warfare and how the devil's after my soul, I said, sir, right now is not a good time. I need to go home and get something to eat, but I'd be more than happy to come back to you, and I'd like to develop some sort of friendship with you. Yeah. And he said, well, I'd like to debate with you too sometime. Yeah. And I thought, I didn't just talk about debate. Yeah. I talked about a friendship. Yep. So that's, that's the starting point. And once you have that relationship, once you have uh, trust in another human being, then you really can witness, even if it's silently. Yeah. You don't have to say the name Jesus Christ, because in the workplace, that's often frowned upon. Yeah. Um, even at my elementary school, we were discouraged from using the word Easter yeah. in any of our activities with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought to myself, wow, okay, well, it's a public school. I, I guess I have to abide by that. But I can still witness to Christ. Yeah. I can still be joyful with these young people. I can still treat them with the dignity and the respect that Christ wills me to treat them with. Yeah. And I hope that once people see how I treat other people, they'll, they'll see Christ in me. Then you can remind them that every holiday is a holy day. <laughs> That's all the conversation. As we wrap up here, uh, Peter, as you brought back the word witness, I, I do want to finalize our program with, with a closing point, and that is, again, what the word witness itself means. It's where we get the word martyr, martyria, to, to witness. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's laying yourself down. Yes, there's the, the martyrs in, in the history of the church who have given their whole lives, but this more white martyrdom of That's just right. laying each and every moment down before God, giving it to Him. And as Romans 12, verses 1 to 3 reminds us that our very lives becomes a spiritual worship. When we're doing that, mm-hmm. when we're doing that, we have arrived at that place of holiness uh, be that person for our brother and sister in Christ. Yeah, and that's why I like a um, song by Matt Marr. It's a praise and worship song, um, Lord, I Need You. It's such a great song because every hour I need you and every minute, every moment I need you. And that's going to be our closing prayer. <laughs> Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is, is now, and ever shall, shall be. be. World, World without end. end. Amen. Amen. And God bless you. You've been listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening from 6.30 to 7 p.m. right here on KKXX. If you have questions or feedback, you may email Joe at jholljmj at yahoo.com. For a copy of today's program, visit joeholcraft.org or call KKXX during regular business hours at 894-7325. Thanks for listening to the Seeds of Truth on KKXX.